Hi everyone, I'm Lisa. And I'm Nick. And you're listening to It Takes Two, the podcast where two people take two movies with the same plot or premise and watch and discuss them. And in this fantastically sponsored episode by Paramount <laughs> themselves, uh, we watched Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves, and the abomination that is the 2000s Dungeons and Dragons movie. Uh, it's not really sponsored, but they did give us a free cinema pass to go see this movie, which was great. Yes. Um, Paramount wanted us to do this podcast episode. True, true. <laughs> yeah, but they didn't, like, pay us to do it. Um, I will say, so the we saw... We're recording this a little bit in advance because we, we watched... Um, the Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves yesterday, which was the day it was released, March 30th. So this isn't coming out until near the end of April. Um, but we are recording it just after it was released. Um, my The worst part of Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves, I'm going to get into this right now. Okay, 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 I'm prepared. The worst part of the experience, right? So we got a cinema pass for free from Paramount Pictures NZ. We perks of podcasting. We went to our favorite cinema, Empire Cinema and Eatery in Island Bay. Yeah. Um, we got our favorite seats in the cinema, middle of the middle. Yeah. The movie was a lot of fun. It felt like a D and D campaign. The characters were really good and complex. The story was compelling. Uh, the visuals were really nice to look at. I know where you're going. The worst part of the whole movie was that I had to sit through it knowing. <laughs> immediately after this I was going to have to watch <laughs> the abomination that is the 2000 Dungeons and Dragons movie it's so bad <laughs> what were they thinking Christ. I can tell you what they were thinking what they were thinking was I'm a 19 year old who just got the rights to make a movie about this game I like and it took me 10 years <laughs> to... he was 19 when he got the rights to make the movie and then it took him 10 years it's Ice Town all over again. It's Ice Town. It's the <laughs> Ice Clan. Um, took him 10 years to get the funding, and every single director that he pitched to the production company, they vetoed. He wanted, like, Francis Ford Coppola to, to direct it, and they were like, nah. Like, he had, like, a whole list of directors he wanted to approach, and then they were like, no, you were going to direct it. And he's like, I just, that's not, I don't know how to do that. Yeah. And then he did it. And I don't think he's a fan of it. Um, but, uh, God, what a film. So, if you haven't seen Honor Among Thieves yet, um, I recommend either skipping this episode until you have, or hopefully you have seen it, because uh, it is worth watching if you're interested in D&D at all. Um, if you've been a fan of Stranger Things, which I think has been the main resurgence of D&D. Well, interestingly enough, another uh, TV show, similar to, well not similar, similar in some aspects, TV show, Freaks and Geeks. You know Freaks and Geeks? Uh, I the... know of it. It was probably an era where I wasn't watching television because I didn't have time. Right. Well, it's a, it's a 90s TV show, but it's, I think, like... Oh, maybe it's not. I thought, I think it is, I've, I've watched it, but it's been a while. Because I think that, like, Stranger Things had set in the 80s, but made in the 90s, but I could be wrong about that. Okay. Now that I'm thinking about it. But the main character of it is a kid who is, who, I think, um, Mike in Stranger Things is a little bit inspired by. Right. He's, like, the n nerdy, younger 
sibling of a of a cooler older teenager um and he's in, into D&D and all this stuff and whatever and the guy who played him John Francis Daly co-wrote and co-directed Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves. Oh, less good. It comes full circle. <laughs> so he's a guy who was like in this popular show as a kid and then has been in like almost nothing since and now is um writing and directing and this was he wrote and directed this movie. Nice. So um it's funny that you meant that you're like talking about Stranger Things. Well it has been a popular yeah. resurgence. It's it's interesting to me, like, um even in my workplace finding out how many people I worked with that all played Dungeons and Dragons and I was just like what the hell is happening and then like even even one of the staff that used to work there who's uh like a um like a super gym guy Mm -hmm. like that's what he did when he wasn't at work he went to the gym yeah was like super obsessed with the game Pathfinder and played through it like 20 times and I was just like what (laughs) what is happening why is everyone like it's everyone's secretly playing Dungeons and Dragons. It's because it's fun. Um, I got into D&D late in life. It was one of those things that like I wanted to play when I was younger, but I didn't have anyone to play with. Right. Um, so it was only then... Um, it was actually when I went... So I lived in New Zealand for a year and then Australia for a year, and then I went back to Ireland for a couple of months. Yeah. And it was when I got back to Ireland, I discovered that my group of like my main group of friends back in Ireland had started playing D and D together like two months beforehand, but they'd only done two sessions. So then they were like, "Join us." <laughs> um. So that's how I got into it, and now you're in that campaign with us. Yeah. Um, Shout out to Hear Us Out, uh, co co host Paul, who's our current DM. Yeah, he also is in a D and D show home, called Homebrew. Home, yeah. Um, or homebrew quest. Homebrew so quest, yeah. so look them up on YouTube. Um, if you if you're interested in D and D, which you presumably are, if you're listening. Oh no, I don't know. We we're, yeah. we're gonna have people listening to this who have no interest in D and D. Yeah, exactly. Like my mom. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into the nitty gritty. Um, yeah, Honor Among Thieves is a, a a fairly enjoyable movie. Um, the everything that they in this recent movie did right was done the complete opposite in the 2000s version um so for for a quick and dirty version of uh explanation of anybody who hasn't played D&D no matter what version because we're at like several well there's there's lots of versions of D&D now and that is an interesting because the 2000s movie is based on second edition yeah and this uh the one that's released this year is um seems to be fifth edition yeah so it's big differences in the edition of D&D that yes even inspired by uh so basically it works as you have a person who's called a dungeon master uh not to be confused with other dungeon masters out there if you're going online to find a dungeon master for yourself uh, <laughs> The uh, so they are they're the ones that are doing the narrative campaign. They've got the plan. They're they're the ones setting up the encounters, and you pick a race from fantasy and a class, and a class uh, basically determines what skills you can do and what you're pr- um, proficient in, and then the it's up to the DM to and oh and also your character's backstory and motivations of why they're there and how they'd react to things in general. And then you have your uh, DM basically have a narrative campaign and your party, which usually is a group of other people, 
um, then interact with the DM based on the encounters and the quest that you're given. So Honor Among Thieves does that perfectly. Mm. Does it absolutely perfectly. You have the setup of why they're in prison at the beginning of the movie. Yep. Um, you have, you know, this backstory. You have uh, characters who are realistic to their classes and races. They're not doing weird stuff. They've, Where, also, they've released character sheets for them so we know all their alignments and yeah, things, yeah. which I had a look through and they match up totally with how they're played in the, yeah. the movie. Where you get to the 2000s movie and I don't know how 2nd edition played, um, but I remember playing D&D as a kid and it was basically you had... This is what I remember from actually playing, which is you had 1d20... And you rolled it, and as you scored high enough, it was either a success or fail. There was no boost, there was no add-ons, you know, or you might go to plus one on something, but that was about it. Where this, the 2000s movie, feels like a Mary Sue fan fiction love fest about someone's personal character. Because Ridley Freeborn... Terrible name. I did think that the names are kind of what people playing D&D would do. It's, it reminded yeah. me because um, one of the main characters' names is just Snails. Yeah. And it reminded me of um, The Adventure Zone, so the McElroy Brothers D&D podcast. Yeah. Where it ended up becoming like something that they took really seriously. But when they started out, they were doing it as like a one-off, one episode of My Brother, My Brother and Me. Yeah. And Justin named his character Taco Taco. <laughs> And then you ended up with Taco Taco becoming like the most powerful wizard or whatever, you know, and it's like, okay, but his name is Taco. Yeah. Um, and that's what Snails felt like to me, that someone like starting off their campaign, like, yeah, his name is Snails. Okay. So, um, Ridley Freeborn is a rogue slash thief. Okay. Smart, uh, Snails, who's played by Marlon Waynes, of all people, is also a rogue-based thief, which is a terrible, like the DM should have talked to them. Before yeah, the campaign you can't started, just have two rogues as a part. That's their whole party at the beginning. It's yeah. just two rogues. Yeah, that's not gonna go well. At least in Honor Among Thieves, because in Honor Among Thieves they do start out as a group of thieves. Yeah, but you've got a rogue, a bard, and a barbarian. Yes. Oh, and uh, and they had a sorcerer as well. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. yeah, the four of them, and it's like, yeah, cool. That's a that's a well rounded group of of thieves because <laughs> I think three out of four of them are chaotic. Uh, or chaotic good, I think they are. Three of them are chaotic good, and then um, our good friend Forge is uh, neutral evil, which yeah. makes sense. Uh, also in their party is a uh, a mage, a dwarf fighter who does literally nothing the entire movie. Yeah. And um, this elven ranger who also does nothing the entire movie, but her costume is hilarious oh, because gosh. she's wearing plate mail like a, a chest um i think that's the right the right breastplate yeah breastplate she's wearing a breastplate which is not what rangers wear <laughs> getting nitty-gritty here folks yeah i play a ranger yeah yeah he that's not easy to move around you got to be able to move around and climb trees and, shit. and stealth and do things yeah. like that um and it's almost as bad as what i think i mentioned last no it won't be the last episode but previous episode when I was talking about uh, George Clooney's 
bat nipples. Right. Her armor has the most ridiculous borderline Madonna breast augmentation on the plate with like puffy nipples at the end of it and also a belly button. Yeah. And you're like... She's got like abs sculpted into her, yeah, into her it, breastplate basically. It's <laughs> like Leonidas but on a chest plate. Like it's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, the issue that I had... Other than the horrible 2000s CGI, because oh, it's gosh. jarring. It's jarring. You it's see so artifacting. Bad. It's so bad. It's horrible. But it's the it's so jarring because they because I was thinking about it because like the mummy came out around the same time. Yeah. And the CGI in the mummy is not great, but the mummy is more believable. Yeah. I did look it up. But the mummy also had twice the budget, so it makes <laughs> sense. But it, like with the Dungeons and Dragons movie, it's like the. All the sets and costumes are like low budget stage play. Yeah. And then they're like putting them against this CGI that's just bad because because of the time more than yeah. anything else. It's outdated CGI, but it's like it's so jarring. So it's like you've gone to a stage play and they put a CGI dragon on it. Yeah. Which like what why? Also, I did like one of the notes I took near the beginning of it was um the the main villain in it, so played by Jeremy Irons. I've oh forgotten his actual name. You you've got a list of names there, but you but um he literally at the beginning is like trying to tame a dragon and what I wrote was just he just out here taming dragons in a dungeon, like the writers took the title the, yeah. the title literally and did no research. Like yeah. they just went Dungeon the Dragons, alright, he's in a dungeon There's and a he's dragon. taming a dragon. That's what they do in this game, right? Yeah. There's um, a lot of dragons in that movie. Yes. A lot of bad CGI dragons. A lot. Versus in Honor Among Thieves, one big chunky dragon yeah. who is wonderful. Big Chungus the dragon is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, uh, the Ridley character annoyed the shit out of me mm-hmm. because, yes, he allegedly starts off as a rogue slash thief because, as for mentioned, when Jeremy Irons fails to tame the dragon with his bullshit spell and the dragon gets crushed by the door... Um, Rancor style. Yeah. Um, he sets the blood, sets the water, the entire river that's running through the main of the giant, ridiculously giant city on fire. And they're just like, oh, the lake's on fire. Let's go rob the mages, like, guild and steal a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. Which I'm like, okay, whatever. Like, <laughs> this is going to move the campaign forward. Yeah, that does sound like something someone would do in a D&D campaign. Um... You know, the DM sitting there like, oh, cool, you're going to go investigate what happened. Yeah, and yeah, and it's like, I'm going to rob the thing. The guards won't be there. Um, Which is what would happen if your whole party was just two rogue thieves. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, it's a DM's fault. Yeah. It's 100% the DM's fault in this case. Uh, the issue that I have is, yeah, so he goes from being a rogue-based thief, a rogue-slash-thief, so it's just a rogue now. Uh, the, the, the class. Yeah, the thief class no longer exists. Um, he is multi-classed into everything. He <laughs> uses magic at one point. It turns out he's a latent sorcerer at the end. He also fights the main bad guys like big buff fighter in full plate armor wearing no armor whatsoever. So mm-hmm. it's AC, so I'm getting really nerdy here. The AC is really low on, on Ridley. 
fights him in a 1v1 with a magic sword that the elves give him and beats him and throws him off a cliff. And this is like previous to like getting stabbed by him. It's just a whole thing. He literally is just multi-classed and max leveled into everything at the end of the movie. And it's so annoying because it's like, he's a Mary Sue. And it's also, literally this guy. Realistically, that would take him like at least like fifteen years of play. <laughs> yeah. Not only the fact that you're correct on that, um, unless the XP gain and the campaign is just absolutely broken, um, it's so ridiculous. It feels like a D and D campaign not being run by a good DM, mm-hmm. and you have one character who's like loud and obnoxious. The one person playing who's loud and obnoxious and everybody else who's just, like, too introverted to say something. Or just don't care. Or just don't care. And name their character snails. Yeah. Um, it just feels like he's Mary suing the entire camp. Oh, well, I'd be able to defeat him because the elves gave me a magic sword. Also, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a powerful mage who can resurrect the dead, but I'm not evil. Yeah. What is happening? Can I, can I contrast that with... The parts of Honor Among Thieves that feel like there's a DM who's a good DM in it. Yes, yes. So it's things like um, they've got their sorcerer uh, who tries at one point to like cast a spell but someone blocks his mouth and he can't cast a spell because he can't speak. And yeah. I was like, yeah, 100% the DM would be like, no, you can't talk so you yeah, can't yeah. do that spell. Um, the uh, the part where they're using, they're using an artifact to commune with the with the dead, so they can yeah, ask... Yeah, the five questions. Yeah, they, yeah. Uh, they can ask... They can bring a corpse back to life to ask it five questions, and then it stops. And the first time they do it, <laughs> he's like... He, he just ruins all of his questions. Yeah. He's like, he says something... I can't remember what his first... He asks him a question. He asks him, like, was he at the battle? He's like, yes. And then he turns to the group, and he asks them something else, but I can't remember exactly what he says at that point. And the thing answers it. And he's like, no, no, that didn't count. That didn't count, did it? And, he was, and he's like, yes. And he's like, no, don't answer unless I speak directly to you, okay? Okay. And he's like, oh, God damn it. <laughs> and it's like, like, I can imagine us in that scenario in our campaign with Paul doing exactly that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, it's so reeks of a DM just being like, well, you phrased it as a question. So yeah, gonna, yeah, exactly. You know, teach you a lesson here. Um, I can't remember. There was a few other parts that I was just like, "Yeah, this is a this is a DM'd game." Yeah. Um. So you can like, I feel like you know, if you're watching it knowing nothing about Dungeons and Dragons, that's still just like funny moments. But if you're watching it as someone who has played any amount of D and D, you're you you're like, okay, this is showing me yeah the presence of the DM in this campaign. Yeah, yeah. Um, even the party, the the acting, everything is better in Honor of Thieves, which is not like that higher bar to set really yeah, but it's a lot of fun it was just a really fun movie to watch the 2000s one no oh, good it's honor among thieves yeah honor among thieves is like, i know but you're, you're you're saying like it's you know it's we've set a low bar for it to get over but i think it's like well over the bar yeah you know i'm not I mean? saying it's not i'm just saying that like the bar was not set very high <laughs> for it to be a better movie than the one we're comparing it to in general is it a good movie yeah, it's 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 a fun fun movie if you have any interest in D any interest in uh, uh, role playing or or D and D in general, like it's a fun movie. Um, I don't know what the rating on it was. It like PG thirteen. 
I don't remember. Yeah. That's what it was. Because there was a lot of fake blood in the 2000s movie. Mm. Like, way too much. <laughs> like, terrible CGI blood. Um, oh, my God. It's just, it's just like, I've written all the joy in my life. That movie is just so bad. It's mm. so bad. How did it get four... How did it get... Because it was three sequels, I think? Yeah. So, is that right? Yeah. So, is this the one that should come out and it was either the fourth or the fifth D&D movie, but it is a reboot. It's not... Yeah, yeah, yeah. One. God, Whereas, yeah. So, it might have only had two sequels. Is that right? And this was the fourth D&D movie? Yeah. Dungeons... Or, um... Wrath of the Dragon was a made-for-TV sequel in 2005. Yeah, and then it was one in, I think, 2008. Is that right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was a, it was a weird time. <laughs> but it's interesting because probably, like you're saying, Honor Among Thieves came out, you know, after people had a resurgence from D&D from watching Stranger Things and similar shows. Yeah. Um, the 2000 the, the movie must have come out not very long after Freaks and Geeks was around. So I wonder, was there also a resurgence in interest around then? Not if you're the the director's been ten years trying to make it. Yeah, well, the yeah the director did spend ten years trying to make it. So if he started in the nineties or like early nineties, yeah, and then kept trying to make the movie, and then like shows came out and were just like, oh, freaks and geeks and playing D and D and blah blah blah, they would have just been like, oh well, let's. It we... might have helped him get funding yeah, yeah. to make it. Ah, oh, it's just it's just. In comparison, it's like I love nineties, two thousands movies that have like a little sprinkling of like really crappy CGI. Like the Scorpion King stands out because like even Corridor went and fixed that because of just how terrible um, the Rock Johnson looks in mm. that. Um, but this is like this most is just, of the movie is bad yeah, CGI. Yeah, the <laughs> I think. For me, the worst part of the CGI is you can tell crappy CGI, but you can ignore it when it's part of the background. This it is just in your face the entire time. Lots yeah. of like low polygon, low textured, close-ups of like terribly rendered dragons. The, and sets, like the, the yeah, castles the, and things or whatever are all yeah. just bad CGI. Yeah. And the easiest way to get around that, to make it cheaper for yourself, um, well, obviously drone shots are a lot cheaper now than they, you know, you would have used to have to use a helicopter or a crane or something. But you just get an aerial shot of an existing castle and you de-age it. Mm. Like heaps of people do that to make really nice looking castles with CGI and they don't look crap but they only they only cost a couple of hundred bucks to make it felt like an early PS1 game yeah it did but like cut with a stage production yeah <laughs> or like f footage from a Ren fair or whatever you know? did you play any of the old Command and Conquers no where they had like the graphics of like Command and Conquer but then they had the cutscenes were all live action so that's where you get the, the you know the the Tim Curry thing from, right? Right. Yeah, um, it it felt like that. Yeah, yeah, that's a hundred percent what it feels like. It's just it's just a weird bad video game. Yeah. So I was thinking of um, oh my god, what's the, what's the one? 
it's a PC game. Is it? It's not called Toontown. It's a PC game where it's where, um, Christopher Lloyd is live action walking through a cartoon world. No, I have no idea. Okay, <laughs> it's a really weird game, but it felt like that to me. Except in that, it's more like two D animation. Um, but it's still that I don't know that it was that kind of like jarring like here I am a human in this fantasy world yeah. and fantasy means blocks fantasy means you're playing PS1 Spyro and I am a human in PS1 Spyro but I but am live action Spyro was at least 3D yeah so you could go up left and right <laughs> this is just oh I don't know um yeah, no, the, the the party in Honor Among Thieves works out well. You get a bard, you get a fighter, you get, you know, um, sorcerer. You know, like, it all works. A paladin comes in later and then leaves. Because obviously that He's guy... He's such an NPC. It's yeah. It's so funny. Yeah. Oh, they even call it out in the in the, in the the movie. It's yeah, so yeah, fantastic. Yeah. He's walking in a perfectly straight line. Oh, there's and a rock like, in his he's way. He's like classic lawful good character yeah and there's like the bit where he's like he they really ham up like the game element with him like yes. it feels like video game npc rather than anything else because it's a bit where there's the, the real convoluted bridge puzzle and he's like you must take every second step to the left and then you know and he like explains like this whole big convoluted puzzle and then the guy just steps on it and the bridge collapses and it's like I didn't realize the bridge started there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it, and then there's the bit where, like you were saying, they call it out because he walks in a straight line, and they're like, "Wow, he walks really straight." And they, and he's like, "Oh, there's a rock. Is he gonna? Is he gonna go around it? Oh no, no, he's just gonna walk right over it." <laughs> um, yeah, he's very much like lawful good NPC who joins your quest for a bit, but it feels, isn't gonna be there for the final. It feels like that the DM had planned out the characters. For the campaign. Yeah. And then the person who was supposed to play the paladin was just not available. Right. So the DMs have been having to just play the paladin as well. Because <laughs> that's what it feels like. Because, like, no one's going to know that, oh, you, when you reach halfway across the bridge, you have to speak to, like, even... Like, what does that even mean? <laughs> like, in a D&D campaign, like, I, I know this for a fact because it happened in our last... Um, our previous previous um, session. session, where one of our characters was stuck in a trap, and the rest of them, rest of us, because we're not allowed to know, I say that with air quotes, that he's stuck in there. We're just spending the entire time banging on it, and he was in there banging on it. There, we were just like, "What's in the tube?" And he's like, "What's outside the tube?" And it went on for like 20, 30 minutes, and that feels like. Very D and D because you're allowed, you know things, but your characters aren't allowed to know them, so you have to play them in a way where they don't know. Yeah. And it was the moment from one of my favorite kids' movies of all time, which I did post in our in our in our chat with a um with a gif. It was a sequence in Gremlins <laughs> when one of the Mogwais gets taken to the professor at school. And he gets duplicated, and one of them's in a box, and one of them's outside the box, and they're both knocking on the box. <laughs> and it's very cute in the movie, but that's exactly what the fuck we were doing in our last campaign <laughs> session. Sorcerers in a, in a but tube. It's also bing, things bing, like. Bing, bing. Us on the outside. Bing, bing, you bing, know, bing. And you have to play to your character in that, like, um, like my character would have been like the sorcerer was in yeah. in the movie where it's like I'm not gonna listen to this I'm gonna just <laughs> do this thing 
because I think when we play that session, I was like, well, does my character know, like, what, and it's like, no, and it's like, well, then he's not going to try to do that. Why would yeah. he try to get into that tube if he doesn't know what's in it, you know? Right. Like, if he had, if he knew what was in it, he'd try to break it, I guess. Yeah. Which probably also wouldn't work. Um, but yeah, it feels, there's a lot, there's a lot of it that feels like, just, just properly feels like D&D. Yeah. fun. Like, even the, so the opening of, of it is, um... Elgin and Holga in prison for stuff that we find out, you know, he, he gives the explanation of how they ended up there. Yeah. Um, That's like the session one. Yeah. The session zero. In context to people who, who are like doing a trial to review their sentence. Yeah. And like, without even waiting to hear what the sentence is, they like grab <laughs> the Arakokra judge and like jump, sh- out, a jump out the window with them. And they're like, but you were part- we were going to say you were pardoned. <laughs> and it's just that real D&D thing of like, yeah, we're doing this properly. And then it's like, okay, you now do the stupid thing. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, that's yeah. definitely, the, the judge is definitely the DM where your your party members grab the Orokoka and jump out of like a 40-story window. <laughs> And it's just like, you, you guys were free. Like, like you didn't need to do this. Yeah. Um, you rolled high enough so you would have been free. Like We've absolutely done that in our campaign. <laughs> the, the fun thing. I mean, almost literally. Like, we had someone... I don't even remember what the context was. Why they jumped out the window. But we did have a character just, like, sprint and jump out of, like, a second-story window for no reason. <laughs> um, Aim for the bushes, eh? Yeah, it was a... Uh, you know... It was a lot of fun. It was a fun session. And what was really fun about that is that, like, two of us who play very impulsive characters were doing this wildly impulsive shit, and the others were like, "What? Like, why are you doing this? And yeah. I was like, well, he would do it. I know he would do it. So I, it's like, I don't want to jump. I'm like, because my, my character had to go out the third story window and up onto the roof, and it's like, well, he's going to fucking jump. He's going to do it. And they're like, but if he falls, he's going to die. And I was like, he doesn't care. <laughs> It's like, I care, because I'm going to be sad if he's dead, but this is just what he would do, so yeah. I can't, I gotta, you know. Gotta play to the game. I made, I made a decision early on <laughs> to play a chaotic neutral character, and this is what I, this is what I pay for it, you know. Um, then all these, you know, good characters being like, but why would you do that? Or lawful, or neutral, you know, whatever, and I'm like, well, he's, he's chaotic, and this is what chaotic do. He he got to do what he do. He got to do what he do. Um, Reminds me, there's um, one of the notes I took watching Honor Among Thieves was about um, Forge's character, because Forge is a con man, and, yeah. and they know that from the beginning that he's a con man. But he's part of the the group, and then he turns on them. Yeah. And then it and then it it turns. You know, they 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 go and find him, and they think that he's gonna help them, and then it's like, oh shit, he's actually a bad guy. And I was like, oh, never trust a con man. And then I remembered that my character in our D&D campaign is a con man. <laughs> and I was like, oh, the hypocrisy. Because yeah. <laughs> I have made these people trust a con man. <laughs> but, you know, he's not con- trying to con them. It's just how he got on in his, you know, in his backstory. Fair as enough. A, as a con man. Back to the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're talking too much about... Well, I mean, you know, we're watching D&D movies. 
Yeah, we play D and D. It makes sense. It's so everything's look. related. Um, yeah. The biggest, biggest um, nod to me and I guess extended fans of other other um, genres, mainly from soft, is treasure chests being mimics. I'm pretty sure D and D originally came up with that concept. Mm. But it is so funny to me because, for an example, in Dark Souls 3, there are so many treasure chests that are mimics. Mm. And they are so terrifying because they don't just like, they're not just a mouth with a tongue that like lashes around your leg. They grow like spindly arms and legs and grab you and swallow you whole. Yeah. And it is super terrifying. Um, the they... first time you come across like a mimic that you didn't realize was in a chest. What they, were you saying? They follow it up immediately with the gelatinous cube as yeah, well, which yeah, is another like yeah. stereotypical fun D and D thing. That you're like gelatinous cube, a mimic. Yeah. Um, I thought that was really a really fun section of it where they where they're doing that where they because they're they've been put into an arena to like yeah get through a maze and stuff and it's just like classic D and D monsters in it basically yeah, which is a lot of fun. It is it is a very fun movie based in D and D, and they did it really well mm. in comparison to where, like where could you? I'll I'll, I'll pose this question to you. Mm-hmm. Where in the two thousands D and D movie <laughs> would you say it is an accurate representation? Of the game of D and D, at all, other than the fact that the movie starts in a dungeon with dragons. Well, I think them starting with in a dungeon with dragons is not accurate to D and D. I've yeah. never encountered a dragon <laughs> in a dungeon. Um, or, or I don't think I've encountered a, a dragon at all in our D and D campaign. Um, You're giving Paul ideas. I think the naming of the characters, just how ridiculously they're named, yeah, is exactly what. Just a bunch of weirdos sitting around a table would come up with weird names for their characters. Um, and the bad, the BBEG, which is big bad evil guy, yeah, is called Mage Proteon. Yeah, yeah, that sounds like a bad DM. Um, yeah, there's I don't know because there's like because there's things that don't make any sense that it's like just like an empress, a young empress versus like a whole school of evil mages. Um, and it's bizarre. Uh, they did, they had, um, oh, the, the crystal maze part. They had a crystal maze part that I said to you, like, this is actually, it's, there's a bit where they have Richard O'Brien playing the head of the Thieves Guild, and yeah. they want to get this jewel from him, and he's like, well, you must go through my puzzle box to get to it. And it's literally just Richard O'Brien praying, playing Richard O'Brien doing the crystal maze. And I was, so when it started out, I was like, this is just Richard O'Brien playing himself and then as they're going through it I was like oh my god the Crystal Maze TV show is just Dungeons and Dragons in real life because like these are the kind of dumb puzzles you would have to like get through to to get loot and things yeah um so I thought that bit was was kind of D&D also in both movies there's sections where um they like just go to do something and they end up getting stuck and it's like as in my in my experience, it's very accurate that everyone forgets to check for traps and then ends up in traps. <laughs> um, 
Um, so yeah, I think that those maybe they did have they did try to throw in like they had more different races. I feel like in um, in the two thousands movie, but they just kind of threw them all into like here's a tavern with a whole bunch of different races. It's D and D, you know, yeah. which is a bit weird. But they did have you know the the elf on their team and whatever. Um, yeah. they had a tiefling and they well they had an elf and a dwarf. There's no I don't remember were there any dwarves really in the Honor Among Thieves. No, there weren't any dwarves. Uh, um, you had Bradley Cooper playing a halfling, halfling yeah. who's the ex-husband of... Um, and uh, he's not credited, because I waited for him in the credits, and I was like, what? And then yeah. I looked it up, and he's not in the credits on IMDb, and I was like, what's Bradley Cooper, right? But I realised the character wasn't credited, and I and it is they have confirmed it is a, a yeah. cameo. I was like, did they just get a guy who looked really like, <laughs> like Bradley, Bradley Cooper? Cooper? Like, what is this? Um... Yeah, I don't know. There's definitely. I th- I thought the leveling thing though they didn't level up like like you were saying the the main guy just suddenly is like OP. Yeah. But, but when he's like fighting the other guy. Which other guy? The uh, the blue lip guy. Uh, um, who's like honestly, realistically, the only person giving it a hundred percent. Yeah. Acting wise, like. Jeremy Irons. Jeremy Irons is is like trying to act. I felt like Jeremy Irons was, tr- in my opinion, he was acting, but the cuts they were using are terrible. Right, but I thought Jeremy Irons was trying to give the energy of Tim Curry in Love at Treasure Island. The- you know what I mean? Like he was like, well. Because I because people talk about Muppet movies, uh, a human actors in Muppet movies is having to go one of two directions, which is a Michael Caine route of playing it straight. This is a Shakespeare production. These are all actors, and I am yeah. an actor, and we will all act. Yeah. <clears throat> or Tim Curry, which is these are all Muppets, and I am also a Muppet. <laughs> so I felt like Jeremy Irons trying to do that. He's like, I'm in a ridiculous fantasy thing. I'm gonna be a ridiculous person. You know. <laughs> that was the energy he was giving me. But the guy, the the blue lip guy, like when he's fighting the, against the actor's name is Bruce Payne, and he played Bruce a character. Payne, that's great. Played a character called. Delmadar. 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 Okay. Delta Alpha Mike Oscar Delta Alpha Romeo. Delmadar. Delmadar. So when Delmadar was fighting snails and I I always forget the name. What's the main guy's name? Ridley. Ridley. Ridley Freeborn. Freeborn. Yeah. Um. So when Mary so. he fights both of them at different times, but both times he's like giving like zero percent energy to fight them. He's just like standing there like he's bored. Like yeah, parry, yeah. parry, whatever. You're an idiot. And that felt like when you have like a, you know, a level two character going up against a villain that is that they supposed to have the whole party fighting. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I thought so that was kind of accurate to D and D, kind of, which is a little bit what they do in in. But then, how do you explain where he comes back later and just like wastes them one by one? Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But in Honor Among Thieves, they have it with um, Sophina, who's who's the wizard the kind of the evil yeah. wizard that yeah. they that they end up going up against um and like that when they try to fight her one-on-one she's just like demolishing them but they need but but they actually work as a team yeah. and a they they're able to get her you know put you know she she has to work up a sweat to try and defend against them all but they're actually trying to protect or trying to distract yeah. because i used to they don't have a character sheet for his daughter but she's definitely a rogue, right? 
Yeah, because her, her only ability that we know of is the fact that she's got a pendant which makes her invisible, like 100% invisible yeah. at will. Yeah, but she also manages to sneak, while this person is in battle, sneak up on them and yeah. and put this, this thing on them. So she's 100%. But she has been, in fairness, for the past two years, she's been living with the rogue who is forged the lawful evil or the he lawful no he's neutral evil yeah. rogue uh, so i guess it makes sense that you know because he's trying to build her in his image or whatever um it makes sense that she i think she's kept her dad's alignment yeah. or close to it like i think she's in a good alignment maybe closer maybe she's neutral good or lawful good i don't think she's chaotic good like he is but um yeah i think she's definitely picked up on the the rogue skills yeah. but they she they used to bring her around when they were thieves right yeah and she would hide and yeah so, so she would have yeah she would have been a rogue in the beginning anyway yeah so it makes sense um but yeah but they actually work as a party yeah which the people in the 2000 Dungeons and dragons movie literally never do yeah there's no there's no party <laughs> cohesion in that at all not for a second <laughs> ridley freeborn being a mary so Snails just hitting on women and being cowardice, but he gets tricked into doing stuff in the most cartoonish way. He's like, I don't want to go. Okay, well, you can't come. Why can't I come? It's like, <laughs> you serious, bro? Um, yeah, the elven ranger who does nothing other than be a storyline plot, a dwarven fighter who does nothing. Literally, he does nothing. He throws off some dudes and hits a couple of guys with an axe at one point, and that's literally it. Yeah, most of the fighting is not done by the fighter. Yeah, which most is of the fighting is done stupid. by the Mary Sue. Whereas in Honor Among Thieves, most of the fighting is done by their barbarian. Yes. <laughs> She's so typical barbarian, though, yeah. as well. You play a barbarian yes. in, in our campaign. Did you feel like she was the most Mog-like character in... She's too smart to be my character. My character <laughs> is an idiot. I thought the dwarf in Dungeons and Dragons was like the dwarf version of your character. Yeah. But he's he's a fighter rather than a barbarian. I don't yeah. know. Were there no barbarians in second edition or did I'm they... sure there were, because I'm sure it was It would have made more sense for him to be a barbarian. I yeah. Think. Um I don't know. Yeah, it seems bizarre. But definitely, definitely, Michelle Rodriguez plays as a fantastic barbarian through that movie. Yeah. With a very funny fetish. Yeah, um, yeah she definitely has a thing for halflings. It's yeah. so funny. This is the fact that, like, Bradley Cooper's character's new wife is, like, way bigger than she is. And she's just like, I see how it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's obviously got the same... Yeah, same, kind of... same, same thing going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He liked them big barbarian women. Yeah. And she likes little halfling men. Yeah. Little polite halfling men. Yeah. Uh, so funny. Yeah, it's a, it's a good... It's good and funny and wholesome in the most disturbing way possible. Which is the best. <laughs> uh, the... Yeah, like... Everything you could want as a person who likes D&D is well looked after. Now, there's a lot of people who already don't like it, but that's just the internet. And normally the people who with the like biggest opinions are usually the loudest. Mm. I say that, but we're literally doing an entire podcast episode about <laughs> the Well, not about that movie, but just in comparison, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, I think... 
I think it's done really well as yeah. a D and D movie. I think it's I think it's really it good. It feels like D and D. Yeah, I think yeah. it's really good as like I think they've compromised and gotten the best of both worlds. I think it works really well as a fantasy movie for people who don't know about or care about D and D. Don't know what an elf beer, uh, owl beer an is. An owlbear is yeah, but it also works really well for people who like D and D. In yeah. my opinion. Yeah. But then again, where I'm like casual, super casual D and D player. I'm I'm in one campaign, and I've only been doing it in my adult life. Yeah. And I don't take it super seriously. Sorry, Paul. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I do, t- I, you know, I take it seriously too, but I don't, it's not like my life is D&D, you know what I mean? Like yeah. some, some people are like that. Well, the, you know, it's, I think as an adult and obviously real estate's very expensive um, in New Zealand, for an example, it like, I'm, I'm assuming if you lived in a larger city, where real estate is cheaper, there'd be lots of places you'd go to play D&D. Mm. Um, you know, we use Discord, which is fair. Um, I don't know what program Kyle uses, I don't remember, for his campaign, but mm. that's irrelevant. Well, we might be switching somewhat to um, D&D Beyond, because... We're talking. We play in three point five e for people for, for the nerds listening, and we are in discussions to switch our campaign to. Fifth I think edition. my idea is fantastic. You think your idea is fantastic? Yeah, but that's, you always think your idea is fantastic. Yeah, that's because I play a half <laughs> barbarian with no intelligence. Um, yeah, I think my idea is fantastic. Of what doing one? We do a weird one. Do a weird We're one. not going to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> Don't want to go into detail. But yeah, no, it's, yeah, and with Pathfinder 2 being released, like, second edition of Pathfinder being released, mm-hmm. um, D&D 1 getting updates, like, it's, it's a really good time to get into it, and unfortunately you, as an adult as we are, you do need people who are available. Yeah. It's, it's difficult, because we, we end up playing, you know, if like we... monthly? Yeah, I was going to say, if, if, we play, if we play once a month, it's a good yeah. time, you know, um, at this point. We did, I don't know, we've, we've tried in the past a bit more frequently, but it's just difficult to get everyone free at the same time. Yeah. Um, especially because we play across time zones. Yeah. Which makes it even more difficult. Um, but, like, we used to... Because when we played in person, uh, it was difficult to get us a time that we were all free, but it was cool to then have a day where we're all like in person doing it. And then when I came back to New Zealand, we were playing it that they were all in person and I was on discord. Yeah. Um, and then the pandemic happened and suddenly we're all on discord, <laughs> but it was cool. Cause it meant that we, you know, it was another way that we kept in touch. Yeah. Um, you know, and kept regularly socializing throughout, throughout the, uh, the pandemic because we could do it online because we'd already figured out how to do that, you know? And that is, that is honestly the main thing, um, which is one of the great, you know, uses of D&D is the ability to use it as a catch up with all your friends you don't see. Yeah. Because then you, you know, there's not like a, oh, we should catch up for a coffee sometime. And then you don't hear from that person for six months, Jim Jams. Um... Yeah. I don't know what you mean. I see that person. Yeah, you see that person <laughs> all the time. <laughs> I only saw them like six days a week for like several 
like five years, no, eight years, and never see them anymore. That's on both of you, though. You gotta, you gotta oh, it's on both of us, is it? Yeah. Oh, I suggested, <laughs> hey, we should catch up for a coffee and then get ghosted, and it's on both of us. Right, okay. I see how it is. Should have just mentioned them every week, sure. Anyway, enough personal well, shit. You're saying it on the podcast he listens to. <laughs> <laughs> it was a jab, alright, buddy. <laughs> Expect my DMs. Um, Get in them DMs. I'm trying to think of what else to talk about about the movies. I did, um, watching Honor Among Thieves at one point, I just scribbled down where was this filmed because. Um, yeah, it does. There is a lot of. You're right. The. Unlike Game of Thrones, which is very Irish, um, and you know you get the other, which is the other, the 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 vast flip side of that, which is, say, The Walking Dead, which is all filmed in the South. It's filmed in Georgia because the state literally gives people like tax breaks mm. yeah. on filming in that area. Um, it's very hard to pin down because they go to a lot of different places. With different, like, environments. Mm -hmm. Well, you've already named where it was filmed. Ireland. Ireland. Yeah. <laughs> Mostly, some filmed in Iceland, which I assume are like the volcanoes. and, and yeah. We don't have those in Ireland. No. But yeah, mostly filmed in, filmed in Northern Ireland and around County Down. Um, because I was watching it and I was, like, this could, I was like, this could be New Zealand. I was like, well, it could be Ireland. And then, I, yeah, turned out it is Ireland. Yeah, if you want that for... Filmmakers out there, if you want that green, green grass, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? The green, green grass? You film an island on New Zealand. Yeah, true. Um, I was going to say, if you want like a vast range of different kinds of topography, you film in New Zealand. Yeah. Because that's what Peter Jackson did. Yeah. Because you've got the Southern Alps, you've got yeah, New Zealand fjords is, and glaciers. New Zealand is just the Middle Earth. you got volcanoes, yeah. you got those lush green fields, you got redwood forests, you got sulfur pits. <laughs> Anything that you can think of, they have it in New Zealand. Uh, there's like desert, there's a desert road, you know, yeah. like, it's ridiculous. You don't go walking on that. Um... I'm sure you could go filming there, though. It would not be... You'd have to clear it with the army. Right. It'd be an area like, <laughs> like for Hunt for the Wilder People where it's not used for ordnance. So there is areas... Yeah. ...that are used as, like, live fire training, but not, like, live live fire training. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, know, I mean... Launching mortars into the, the distance, like, lols. Anywhere that you film, you'll have to clear it. Yeah. With yeah, yeah, yeah. Government and stuff, so it's it's fair. Um, the two thousands Dungeons and Dragons movie was filmed in Czech Republic or Czechia now. I think it's just called Czechia now, but at the time it was called Czech Republic. Um, but it was largely a budget thing. Yeah. So apparently, um, that's, the, yeah. the sets and props there cost five times less than if they had shot it in the US. Yeah, that um, makes sense. A lot of people do that. Yeah, um, they also made equity deals between the effects houses involved so that they could limit the budget and pay less for the CGI. Uh, they got what they paid for. Yeah, well, at the time it was the biggest budget independent film ever produced. That's really bad. Yeah. It's interesting because IMDb lists their budget as $45 million, but I think that might be, might be adjusted for inflation or something because apparently the actual final total budget of the film was $35 million. 
but it was made with $21 million in cash during production. Yeah, but you're probably not including um, so the, advertising. Yeah, so the so so I think the $21 million was the production, and then the additional $14 million was on advertising and stuff. Yeah. Marketing. Um, but it made $33 million at box office, so less either way. Yeah. Um, it just... Like, I remember seeing the trailer when this movie came out. Yeah. I thought I had seen this movie, but then we watched it and I was like, I don't think I've seen this movie. I remember seeing the trailer because this was pre-9-11. I would have been at the age where I went to the movies on the regular basis, like literally every week because it was like $5 Tuesdays. So it was just like save my $10 pocket money and buy like $5 worth of candy, which used to last me. Because before inflation used to last me the entire week. So I was just like restocking on like bags of wallies. And um, did you ever have Hubba Bubba made a roll of gum? Did you ever see that in Ireland? I don't remember. We did have Hubba Bubba. I didn't. I, I know, I know you're not a gum, that. you're not a gum person. But I'm just saying, <laughs> did you ever see Hubba Bubba and it used to come in a wheel? I don't remember it. So I'll describe it to you and I'll describe it for you at home because if you'd never seen this horrific product either. Um, It was slightly smaller than a CD, Mm -hmm. but not by much. Okay. And it was about three centimeters thick. Right. So it was a plastic-like disc and you opened it and you untook the plastic off. You took the plastic off the outside and you opened it and like, um, like tin foil or some other kind of like wrap, mm-hmm. you like place the the beginning of the strip on the cutter, and you could literally pull out links of gum and a rope, like sellotape. Yeah, like sellotape. Oh jeez. So that used to last me all week. Oh my god. Because it was like like horrifying. Yeah. So just like, and it was always like it was either pink or purple, so it was like grape or berry. Ugh. Um, plus like a like a large soda, like a sodi, because I had like ninety nine cent sodies back in the day, which were actually good, not like these days, which they're terrible. Um, and yeah, five dollar movie ticket, and I remember seeing the trailer for Dungeons and Dragons and being like seeing the CGI, <laughs> and just being like, this movie looks terrible, and never seeing it until now. Yeah. I knew it was bad. I yeah. knew it was bad. Yeah, we both knew it was bad because we like we watched it has a honor among thieves, of and the... afterwards we were like, oh, oh no, no. Yeah. <laughs> we have to go watch <laughs> this shitty movie. Yeah, and after the shitty movie, after dinner last night, I was just like, I don't have the mental capacity to record this podcast. I don't yeah. want to do it. Yeah, yeah. Wait, wait till this yeah, and I was just like, oh, I'm tired, I want to go to bed. And you're just like, but we have to record a podcast. And I'm like, I don't want It's bad. It's really, it's not the worst movie I've ever seen. But it could have just been done a hell of a lot better if they just hadn't have gone full ham into let's make everything CGI. Like, yeah, my favourite example... Just do some practical effects, dudes. My favourite example of what the fuck is that, which happened, I think, twice in the movie, once I said audibly out loud, they get taken to the elf village, where all the elves live, and you get a 
picture of them standing, like, you get the scene, and they're standing on a hill, looking towards the elf village, and it is like, a tree with lots of lights on it, but it doesn't look like a tree, it looks like a scary, horror, Cthulhu-esque monster, if it was just put underwater. I, I took a note about that the elf village, and it was, they must have been big mad when the Fellowship came out and Lothlorien looked so good. Yeah. Because, like, you can do it well. Yeah. It looked so terrible. It was like they were trying to create what, what Peter Jackson did with Lothlorien in Fellowship of the Ring, but they just, I don't know what they did. It just looked awful. It looked so bad. Yeah. It was undistinguishable of what it was supposed to be. Yeah. If you had no context, you'd be just like, I don't know what I'm... Is this bad AI painting? Like, I don't know what this <laughs> is. Did AI try and make a hand? It's so bad. Uh, in contrast, in Honor Among Thieves, they go oh, to the, the Wood really Elves well. village, yeah, yeah. which is like up in the trees, because yeah. that's where their um, tiefling druid lives. Yeah. Um, and you can see like a whole lot of the trees have been burned down or whatever because of what, what Forge and Sophina are doing. Um, and they want to save their save their their home, um, which makes sense. But like, that looks. I mean, it looks normal. It doesn't look like Lothlorien is like beautiful in the yeah. rings. But this looks just looks like like it looks livable. Yeah. You know, and, and believable. Um, whereas the one in Dungeons and Dragons, <laughs> it's like, what is this? Where are they? Is this hell? <laughs> yeah. That's just, it's just a bad movie. Yeah. True. They did have a beholder in it. They did have a beholder and a mind flare, but the mind flare didn't work the way mind flares yeah. actually work. Yeah. Because it was like a weird parasite thing. Yeah, it felt more Stargate SG-1 than D&D. &D. Yeah, but it was supposed to be a mind flare. Yeah. That's what that was. Um, but yeah, it was a weird... I don't know why they made the choice to put the mind flare inside the person. No, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why they made lots of choices in that movie. Yep. Uh, yep. You want to go on to some box office, box office, box office, yeah. and well, we can't really do box office. Box office doesn't really make sense because it's literally opening weekend for yeah, uh, yeah. Among Thieves. At the moment, at the time of recording, Honor Among Thieves has made less than a hundred thousand dollars in box office, but I suspect we didn't will, help to that. It will. Thanks, Paramount. <laughs> no, I suspect it will make a lot more money. Yeah. Um, uh, we, yeah, because it's, we're recording this on Friday morning, so it hasn't even hit, and that's New Zealand time even, so it yeah. hasn't hit box office, it hasn't hit, um, opening weekend properly yeah. anywhere else. Um, but the budget for it was $151 million. Yeah. And we already discussed the budget in box office for the other movie. Yeah. Uh, in cost of, lots made nothing. Uh, cost lots made almost as much as it cost. <laughs> almost as a flop. Yeah, true. Um... So one of my favourite bits of trivia about the 2000 movie is that uh, in an interview someone asked Jeremy Irons why he did this film and he said, are you kidding? I just bought a castle. I had to pay for it somehow. Yep, that's... <laughs> that feels like his performance, yep. Yep. Uh, apparently there was an alternate ending that was shot where the Empress destroys her rod and then pro proclaims that the heroes are the champions of the throne. 
So your Mary Sue oh my God. character becomes the emperor. Oh. Um, and then the director, uh, Courtney Solomon, said that um, it, it was such a bad idea. He didn't even include it on the DVD release. He was like, no, no, this isn't even getting in as a deleted scene. <laughs> this is too bad. What a terrible idea. Um, and yeah, and I already talked about the steps I did to try and minimize the budget. So that's about all the notes I had for that one, to be honest. Um, the other one I mentioned, John Francis Daly, who uh, who played Sam and Freaks and Geeks, was the guy who wrote and directed it, yeah, or co-wrote and co-directed it. Um, Wizards of the Coast made stack blocks for main characters that show their abilities and attributes. So I've had a look at those, which is fun. They're, it's interesting because their AC is all lower than I what I would have expected, but their HP is all higher than what I would have expected. Yeah. So like they've got way more health than I thought, but way less like armor. So I don't know how that works out. Just, I feel like the DMs just like, you can take a lot of damage. <laughs> um, and the other bit of trivia I took down was that um, previously Rob Letterman was set to direct it, and, but they wanted Ansel Elgort to, to be the lead role, to be the role that Chris Pine ended up doing. Um, and then when it moved over to Paramount Pictures, they recast it right. Chris Pine. And I just wanted to say, I don't think I would have enjoyed that movie half as much if Ansel Elgort played... Um, yeah. Again, uh, no, no offense to Ansel Elgort, really, but it just not as compelling an actor to me. And I'm not like a huge Chris Pine fan, but he was really good. All the, all of the acting was really good. Yeah. Yeah, I think every, I don't think there was a bad a bad egg in <laughs> in um, Honor Among Thieves. I think all of the acting was was pretty spot on. The characters felt like D and D characters. The story was compelling, you know, yeah. and it, it goes interesting places. We haven't spoiled too much of it, I don't think, because we didn't go into really what happens but um no yeah it's a, a very enjoyable film yeah that's about it i think did you have anything else you want to add about the movie support the movie support nerds play D D. stay safe out there yeah okay that works oh well no you have to do the the the, the <laughs> thing the other thing i'm a better yeah yeah, yeah socials yeah so you can find us on twitter and instagram it takes two underscore pod uh we now have a Tumblr, which I, I just started because I felt like it. You, you know, felt like getting away from the toxic platform that is Twitter. A little bit. We still post on Twitter. Um, but if you want to follow us on Tumblr, uh, I believe we're also it takes two underscore pod on there. Uh, Facebook, it takes two pod. Our website is it takes nz. We have a YouTube channel. We're, we're everywhere. We're all the places. Find yeah. us. <laughs> that's it that's, that's about it, it. Yeah. right i've covered everything i think all right well thank you very much for listening yeah i hope your dice roll nat 20s and not nat ones yeah goodbye <laughs> <laughs>